Welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. Today is our four-year birthday. Now, we decided we weren't going to make big deals about our birthdays. We can't make a big deal about every year, so we're going to go to like big milestones. So we'll make a big, big deal when you hit year five and year 10. And, but we're four today, guys. Uh, that's really awesome. Um, a lot has happened in our church in four years. And as we were singing, I was just thanking God for what he's done in the past four years in our church. And so for those of you guys who have been here for the long haul, um, thank you. Like, it's been an awesome uh, roller coaster ride, and we've done it together. Those of you guys who are new here today know that you're joining in the roller coaster with us uh, today. So thank you for, for whether you've been here for a day, a week, six months, uh, for the past four years. You're an essential part of what God is doing in Toronto and, and more specifically here at Trinity Life Church. So uh, thank you for that. Um, that's all I'm going to say about four years, probably. So we're going into our Rethink series. So we started the series back in January. We're going back. We took a break for the summer, as Adam said, our one-on-one series. And now that people are starting to come back in the city, we're going to dive back into 1 Corinthians so in June, we left off in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, so that's what we're going to pick up today, and we're talking about unity today. All right, so I, this is perfect, Sean was a perfect segue for this. I love team sports. I love watching team sports, I love playing team sports, I've played team sports since I was a little kid, and there's, some, there's just something special about being on a team and playing a sport. You're part of something bigger than yourself. You, if you mess up, you don't carry all of the responsibilities. So think baseball or softball. If you strike out, well, it wasn't all up to you, so someone else can come and pick you up, and you share that burden as a team. If, and if you have a stellar individual performance, it doesn't necessarily translate to the, the entire team having a good performance unless that lifts up the entire team. And that's the beauty about team sports, is you carry that burden together because you're all contributing to something that's bigger than, than yourselves. Individual sports are a little different because you have all the control. Think golf and tennis. You have all the control, you have all the responsibility, so if you mess up, there's no one else to blame. Like, it's, it's you who messed up. If you do well, there's really no one else to take the credit. It's you who actually, you know, Hit, hit the ball or, or hit that ground stroke, whatever, whatever sport you're thinking of. The church in general, and this church, Trinity Life Church, we're a team sport, okay? That's the beauty of it. We, um, I played a team sport this, this summer, and it was softball, and our team name was King Softballerman. Who came up with that? Was it you? Aaron. Aaron came up with that. That's, you guys get it, right? King Solomon, okay, yeah. King Solomon. <laughs> it was pretty cool. 
Well, we went undefeated this season and won the championship. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty awesome. And it was all because of, no. <laughs> this is the beauty of team sports. We all contributed. It was so fun. It was so awesome. Um, the, the actual championship game was a little anticlimactic because we, we, pretty much, um, we were pretty much ahead from the beginning. And I won't say we destroyed the team. Steamrolled, you know, you can insert your, your, your verb there. But it was, it was kind of anticlimactic in that, but leading up to it, the two games leading up to it, we had two walk-off wins which if you don't know what that means, that means in the bottom of the inning, in the last inning of the game, we were down, or tied, but we were down, and we came back to win the game in the bottom of the inning. And one of those games, <clears throat> one of those games, uh, I was running from third to home, and I crossed the plate to score the winning run right before the ball got to the plate. And so we were like cheering, we were celebrating, we were yelling. All I remember is Aaron, me, and Mark hugging and jumping up and down and screaming like crazy. Like we just won the World Series. <laughs> it was the best moment of my life. <laughs> and this is a rec softball game that nobody cares about. <laughs> we were like, what are we doing? <laughs> but it was so fun because we got to share in it together. And like I said, the church, and this church, Trinity Life Church, it's a team sport. It's not an individual one. The problem is, a lot of you guys are playing an individual sport when it comes to church. You're not part of the team. You, you might think you're part of the team because you come on Sunday morning or because you go to this or you do that, but you're not actually part of the team because you're not committed, because you're... You're not you, you haven't taken part in that celebration. You, you don't know. There's, there's so many factors there that we're going to walk through. But for a lot of you guys, you look at your faith and you look at church, the body of Christ, as an individual sport. You think you need to take care of things, not, not the body. You don't, and, and here's the thing. You know, some of you guys, you might not put it like this, but you don't really want to be part of something bigger than yourselves. And you're probably saying right now, yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. Yeah, I think I want to be part of something bigger than myself. But here's the thing, do you, are you okay with dying to yourself? Are you okay with realizing that you're not created to be independent, you're actually created to be dependent on the body of Christ? Are you willing to sacrifice your preferences? Are you willing to put aside differences that aren't primary? And a lot of us aren't willing to do that, which means we've disqualified ourselves from being part of the team. And you're still thinking that you need to take care of your sin, you need to take care of whatever it is on your own. But the church is all about unity. It's all about us being together. And that's what Paul is getting at in, in this passage. So let's, let's walk through it. He says, therefore, my beloved, whenever you see a therefore in scriptures, and this is like an old preacher thing, uh, <laughs> but you'll remember it. Whenever you see a therefore, you should ask what it's there for. It's so lame, but you'll remember 
that when you see a therefore. So why, why, why is it there? Um, What's well, there because of the, first, of the verses right above it. But you see there's a therefore in verse 12. Well, you don't see unless you have a Bible, but there's a therefore in verse 12. We're in verse 14. So it's like two bookends. There's a therefore and therefore. So you're, this therefore has to happen in the previous two verses. And we see there that Paul is saying that God is faithful. God is faithful. Therefore, now we go into this. My beloved, he says, you see that right off the bat, that, that's, Paul is saying, my, my dear loved ones, my, my beloved ones, my, my family. And right off the bat, Paul is establishing this familial relationship. He's saying, we're in this together, guys. We're family, okay? So my beloved, flee from idolatry. Uh, idol- let, let me explain idolatry, because if you're, if you're not... If you're not familiar with the church or familiar with the Bible or, or, or Christian lingo like this, you're like, idolatry, what does that mean? So idolatry is basically, if God is the only God and if he is the true God, idolatry is placing something in place of him and, and worshiping that. And you think, oh, well, some, sometimes we think idolatry and we think like little figurines and, and none of us are probably doing that. Okay, none of us are probably worshiping a little wooden idol or, or a little golden one. But um, what we are doing is putting things in our heart above God. And John Calvin says our hearts essentially are idol-making factories. They just produce them. They're sinful. They're corrupted. And our hearts produce idols. So this could be for you relationships. Maybe it's a relationship. You've, you've put it above God. It's more important to you than God. And, and think about this. You, you still may think, well, I don't have a problem with idols, but think about this, or idolatry. In your relationship with God, do you say, I'm going to trust you if, or I, I love you when? Whatever is in that blank for you, that's your idol. So if you say, God, I'm going to love you and trust you if I get this promotion. Like, that's going to make me love you and trust you more. Well, that's your idol right there. Success, money, promotion, job, whatever it is. Uh, I'm going to love you when you lead me to the person I'm going to get married to. Or I'm going I'm to love you when I graduate from school. I'm going to love you when I have all my life figured out. Those are your idols. You guys following me there? So when he says flee from idolatry, think of an escalator. Idolatry is like an escalator. Are you standing on an escalator? you're always going to go with the escalator, right? If you're just standing there, the rails are moving, the, the steps are moving, you're going up. That's your heart, and that's idolatry. It's always leading in that direction. Because of our sinful nature, all of us are leaning in that direction, and we're just going there. Now, how do we get away from idolatry? Paul says we actually flee from it. So now have that picture of the escalator in your mind, turn around on the escalator and start walking down as it's going up, what happens if you're just walking? You're not really going anywhere. Like at, at best, your, 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 your pace is matching the escalators, right? At best, and you're stagnant. Paul says we actually have to run from it. We actually have to run as fast as we can away from idolatry. That's the only way we get off the escalator. And, and so he's recognizing here that one of the main things that prevents and hinders us 
from true unity and community is uh, idolatry. Okay? And here's the bottom line for today's sermon. It's that unity is based on vertical community that creates horizontal community. Unity is based on vertical community, our relationship with God, and it creates horizontal community, our relationship with each other. So he's saying flee from idolatry because that's a big hindrance for us in terms of vertical community. And a lot of times we want horizontal community but we're not very good at vertical community. And in the scriptures and in the Bible, and if it's true, and we believe it is here at Trinity Life Church, if we don't have vertical community right, you are never going to experience true, genuine, horizontal community. So the void that you have here between each other is not because of this, you and me. It's because of this, you and God, me and God. And what our vertical community does is it breeds horizontal community, and it breeds blessing. Okay, so we're going to walk through, and and I'll hit that again as as we go through this. So he says, flee from idolatry. And he says, verse 15, I speak to us sensible people. Just, he says, basically, I'm using common sense. Use your common sense, and judge for yourselves what I say. Verse 16, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ. The bread that we break is not a participation in the body of Christ because there is one bread. We who are many are one body for we all partake of one bread. And he gives an example in verse 18. Consider the people of Israel are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar. When Paul uses this word participation, it means that we are sharing in this. It means we are partaking in this. It means it's the word that means fellowship and communion in the Bible, in, in Greek. It's, it's the communion with, with uh, the body of believers. And he says we are participating in this, and he's using communion. He's using the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, the, uh, the body of Christ, and the blood of Christ that was shed for us, the body of Christ that was broken for us in Luke 22 when Jesus establishes this in the Last Supper. He's using that as an analogy for this, uh, for this passage. And he's saying, he's giving rhetorical questions, and he's like, is it not a participation? And the resounding answer is, well, yes. Yes, it is. Um, and then same thing for, for the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. And here's, here's the thing. This participation, like I said, it's, it's communion, it's, it's fellowship. But what does it mean? Like, what are we actually participating in? I mean, yeah, he says the blood of Christ and, and the body of Christ, so that means we're participating in the life of Christ, we're participating in the death of Christ, we're participating in the resurrection of Christ, right? Like, all these things... Uh, we are participating. Those are our truths that what Jesus went through, he did for us. And when we participate in the body of Christ with, with the body of Christ, we're participating in these things that Jesus did for us so that the life Jesus lived is the life that we've become a part of. Think about that. The life Jesus lived is a life we've become a part of. 
the term, the, the metaphor body of Christ is not, I mean, just is not a mistake. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are, we are doing what Jesus did. That's, what, that's, that's the power of the gospel that we've, we've entered into his life. And if you think about what Jesus did in his life, he changed the world. Miracles and um, showing the way to, to the Father and all these things. Jesus changed the world through his life. We've entered into that life. We've also entered into his death. He killed sin on the cross. He overcame the enemy and overcame sin and offered up a sacrifice that was willing, a sacrifice of propitiation, which we talked about a few weeks ago. That's a big word. Uh, but a few weeks ago, we defined it. Um, he, he gave us forgiveness and justification and, and all these things in his death on the cross. And then we've entered into his resurrection. We've been raised to new life. We didn't just die and stay dead. We've been raised to new life. And we're in that and we partake in that with him. We share in that with him. And guess what, guys? In that resurrection, he's overcome everything evil. He's overcome it. And that sin that plagues your life, lust, greed, um, I don't know what your sins are. Actually, I do know what your sins are. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever sin is in there, he's overcome that. And you've overcome that. This world, he's overcome. Whatever sickness or illness you're dealing with, he has overcome that. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have to deal with the reality of it here. But you get to know that he's overcome, and you're living in that, and you're partaking in that. And that's actually your reality, even though your physical reality may seem different. That is your spiritual, re spiritual reality, which is, as Paul says, it's, it's not dualistic. It's the same reality. Okay? And we get to realize that as we partake in communion with Jesus. But what does this mean for us? If that's the truth, what does it actually mean for us? What does it mean for how we live? What does it mean for how we do church? What does it mean for how, we, how you do relationships? At Trinity Life, we, <clears throat> we say that if that's the case, we have this term called body life. And it's a weird term, but it's, and all the stuff that I'm about to say is from, I learned from this pastor named Eddie Leo in Indonesia. And he is, he's a movement leader. I think he's the church in Indonesia in Jakarta that he's, he helped found is like 30,000 people. Like, and it's all in cell groups. It's all, anyways, we can talk more about him. But, so but a lot of about what I'm to say, a lot, of, a lot of how Trinity Life is formed is based on, on this guy and what he's learned from the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians on these things. So we call, we call this life that we've entered into body life. And, and here's the thing, this is, and Italia would say this, this is the eternal purpose of God. This is from Ephesians chapter 3. This is the eternal purpose of God. And when we think of eternal purpose, it has to be something that was there from the beginning and something that is going to be there in the end. So, with the mission of God, 
the, the mission of, like missions is not eternal. Like it's going gonna, it's gonna to end someday. Um, discipleship is going to end someday. Bible study is going to end someday. Like these things are going to end because we'll be face to face with Jesus. So what is the eternal purpose? It's us entering into the original community that God designed us for. And in eternity, God was not alone. God, it was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Eternal community. And he's, and he's invited us to partake and participate in that. This is the power of vertical unity, of vertical community with God, is that we've entered into this Trinitarian community through the blood of Christ. And that's, that's really awesome. That, that's our truth. That's our reality. And what that leads into for our church is the rhythms of up in and out. And we've talk, we talk about these all the time, up in and out, in, in body life groups, and, and all these things. And body life, that term, is significant because we're not just living life over here by ourselves. So that's why we don't say life groups. You are meant to live life in the body of Christ. You're designed for it. This is Genesis chapter 2 where God says, it's not good that man should be alone. He sees Adam there alone, and he, and he creates uh, someone suitable for him, and that's your, that's your community. He's not establishing marriage there. That happens later. That's just community. And he says that's, that's how we were created. We are created to be in that. So up in and out. And so when we say up in and out our rhythms, we're talking about up. That's a vertical relationship. In would be the horizontal relationship here. And so would, so would out be. Out would be our, our societal engagement. Right? But in would be this one another lifestyle that's all through the New Testament. That there's one another's. There's over a hundred one another verses in the New Testament, probably about 40 unique ones, where it says you love one another, you pray for one another, you confess to one another, you carry one another's burdens, you exhort one another, you encourage one another, you wash one another's feet, you kiss one another. That's in there. Um, there's actually four, I think there's four verses on kissing in the New Testament. Um, Paul says, greet one another with a holy kiss. We haven't done that one yet at Trinity Life, but I'm, no, no, <laughs> okay. That just, that just, yeah, we're not, we might not do that one. <laughs> but all these, are, all these are in the scriptures, all these one another uh, principles and commands and imperatives that create this lifestyle, this body life of the church, that we're doing these things with one another, okay? And, and uh, what that leads into for us, so we have body life, we have this one another lifestyle, we have up in and out, and when this vertical relationship is, is right, community, and this horizontal community has flown out of that, then we engage our city with that love, with, with uh, uh, that grace, with that forgiveness, with that mercy. And we start to engage our city through, through that relationship. Now, don't think of these as linear, like up, in, out. Think of these as not happening consecutively necessarily, but happening simultaneously, okay? Because if we are in, even though that up relationship is our foundation, if we're in that relationship, the other two things are just going to happen. They're just going to happen, okay? And the thing is, though, with that up relationship, this involves hearing God, this involves spiritual disciplines. 
the majority of counseling that I do boils down to a lack of discipline in spiritual disciplines. Sounds very simplistic for me to say this because I know we all have issues and all these things, but if you actually had the vertical community going, you had your spiritual disciplines, prayer, scripture, um, community, giving, serving, uh, meditation, silence, solitude, all these, all these and, and more, all these spiritual disciplines, if those were actually vibrant in your life, it would take care of a lot of your issues. And I'm not the one to say, oh, just pray more, just read the Bible more. But I am the one to say, are you even doing those things? Are those things even present in your life? Because here's the thing, it's not that, it, it's not that doing those things takes you out of your present suffering. It's not that it takes you out of your, your horrible situation, but it gives you a renewed perspective. Many times what you're getting out of it is a renewed perspective. Because a lot of times God isn't looking to take you out of your situation. He's looking to grow you through it. God's in the business of redeeming things, right? And he wants to redeem your situation. So this is the up and out thing. This is body life. This is the one another lifestyle. But again, here's the problem. A lot of us are treating church as an individual sport. How can you have the one another lifestyle if you don't have one another? If you're content with doing it on your own? You're always going to fail doing it on your own. That's that's reality. Our, our culture says, I see little kids with shirts um, and, and dresses. We saw one last night, and we were looking at, at getting some clothes for the girls. And it says stuff like, you're your own hero, and you can do it on your own. And this is our culture. This is, this is our culture saying, be independent, and you can make your own way, and, and all these things. But this is anti-kingdom culture. Because we weren't created to do it on our own. We can only live a one another lifestyle if we're actually with one another. We can only do up and then in if we're with other people. And up was, we often talk about this personal relationship with God, and we think that's just me and God, and sometimes it's just you and God, but it's never just you and God. This up relationship is done in community. You can look through church history and you can see when it has been done in solitude, apart from community, it always ends poorly. It just always ends poorly. Just think about it. How can you carry somebody else's burdens if your burden has not been lifted by Jesus and, and the community, by the body of Christ? Your burden can't be light, which means you can't live out Galatians 6 and carry someone else's burdens. How can you, you won't, you won't confess your sins to somebody else if you haven't done that with, with the Father, with God. You know, our, our problem is we think we, we, we just need to have positive thoughts and, and we'll, we'll be good. We need to do that in ourselves. Um, Talked to someone this week who, who said they just, they just feel like a failure because they can't, 
They can't do something themselves. And I said, you weren't created to do that for yourself. You created to depend on the community of God for this. That's the beauty of this. We get to celebrate together, we get to die together, and we get to live together. That's what's awesome about, about the body of Christ. And Paul here, he says in verse 19, what do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I don't want you to be participants with demons. He's talking about idols here. What does that mean for us? There's two things I want to give you guys. This is, this is going back to the team individual mentality. A lot, of our, a lot of our problems stem from we're not listening to the coach. We're not listening to the father. We don't have that vertical community. We don't have that up relationship. And the first thing we need to do as an individual and the church is we need, you need to commit to a vibrant vertical relationship with God. And that sounds simple. That sounds very basic. It's not a groundbreaking truth. But are you doing that? What are you offering to demons instead of to God? What's hindering you from having a vibrant relationship with the Father? What's distracting you from your relationship with God right now? Whatever it is, that's become your idol. And you're not listening to the coach. Number two, you just need to play on the field. So I, like I said, I played team sports growing up. I played, I played a lot of baseball. And when I first started in baseball, I was really excited. I was, I was pretty decent. And then when the years went on, everyone else grew, but I didn't grow. I was 5'2 until I was a, a 12th in grade 12. Um, I grew like six inches in one summer. It was crazy. But everyone else grew and I didn't, so I lost confidence in who I was. I lost confidence in my ability. People were hitting the ball harder than I was. People could throw the ball further than I could. And, uh, and so sometimes in a, in a game, because uh, we had a lot of people on our team, I would sit on the bench for the sake of someone else going in and actually love those times. It's like, oh, I can relax. I can be here and I don't have to, I don't, I'm not worried about messing up. I'm not worried about, um, you know, looking like a fool or anything like that. But here's the thing, in a team sport, we all get to play on the field. I let my insecurities hinder me from doing that. But you need to commit to an unhindered horizontal relationship with this body of Christ. If you're here at Trinity Life, this is the church that God's placed you at. And he's saying you need to commit. There's a lot of you who've been hanging around who haven't committed. For whatever reason, fear of commitment, insecurities, you don't want to live the one another lifestyle, you're okay with just coming in on a Sunday and then leaving. If that's the case, you don't know the body of Christ. You don't know church. You don't know what the church is supposed to be. You've been experiencing some semblance of the church in a worship gathering, but you don't know the body of Christ and what it's supposed to be there for, to carry your burdens, to love you, to, to edify you, to exhort you, to encourage you, to build you up. And then you wonder why you're struggling. And it's because you've cut yourself off from the body of Christ and you're content by doing it on your own. But these two things, we have to, we have, to have the vertical relationship, but we have to do it in community. 
and it has to happen through us committing to the body. What are the most important relationships in your life? Are they in this church? Are they in the body of Christ? I guarantee for most of you, they're not in this church. But that's how it's supposed to be. Otherwise, you're just a consumer coming in, consuming, and then leaving. God created you for a community where they are your most important relationships. Think about the church in Acts. They came together every day. Every day they were together. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, well, I have friends, I have work, you know, I have all these relationships outside the church. What about those? I'm like, I'm not saying you neglect those. I'm not saying you cut them off. I'm saying that your relationship here informs your relationship there. Member up, in, out. We don't cut out off. We do out. But that's because it's flowing out of in. It's flowing out of this. You guys are my most important relationships in my life. And you say, well, that's, that's easy for you to say. You don't live by your family. Uh, you, you, work, you work for the church. You're a pastor. Of course it's going to be that way. No, I chose this. I chose this. We had good jobs. We had a good home. We lived by our families. But I wanted the body of Christ. And I said to Jesus, these are going to be my most important relationships. I don't see my family, every, my family outside of my immediate family every day. And you're probably asking, well, what about your your wife and your kids, well, they're in the church. They're just like you guys. We're all in the same family. And that's how it should be. That's how it was created to be. It wasn't created to be Sunday morning and maybe even a body life group. So you got two touch points a week. It was created for, we were created for body life throughout the week. And if we can grasp that as a church, if we can understand that's what life in Christ is supposed to be, then it's going to inform every aspect of your life. Work, play, friends, family, all those things. And it's going to change the way you view this world. It's going to change the way God uses you. It's going to change your impact in this world. And the beauty of this is we get to do this together. And Paul says here at the end, he says, Verse 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? He's saying you cannot, it's logically impossible for you to do both those things. Because when you do one, it destroys the other. Think about that. You're destroying your relationship with God if you're pursuing whatever it is over here. 
But if you're neglecting that, you're building into your, your relationship with God. And what's more is it's impossible for you to follow Jesus and to be a Christian and to follow whatever you have in this blank over here. And you'll never experience genuine community that way. You'll never experience the unity of the body that way. And for a lot of you, you think, well, I've been trying, but I haven't. My question to you is, how is your vertical relationship with the Father? 99.9, I would even venture to say 100 times out of 100, that's off. That's broken. And you're shifting the blame onto this community. We're here to point each other to the Father. We're here to push each other to Jesus. We're here to live in the power of the Holy Spirit together. And when we do that together, the one another lifestyle just happens. It just happens naturally. We don't have to force it. We don't have to make it happen. It just happens. And we live out in these one another's with each other. God has given me two words for a church in this next year, year four to five. One is urgency and the other is renewal. At our stage in, in church life, we tend to get, churches tend to get complacent, church plants at this stage, we tend to get complacent, we, we relax a little bit because things are moving, things are going. And God reminded me this summer, a few weeks ago, that we need to have an urgency, that people are dying around us, that people are going to hell around us, and we can do something about that, that our city is crumbling around us, and we can actually like I said last week, be part of engaging society and building it up for the kingdom. And then renewal. Doesn't that sound awesome? A lot of you guys personally have been through a rough season. Our church in this past year has been through a really rough season with um, Daniel and Linda leaving, with uh, different deaths happening in, in the church and, and this affecting. I mean, Adam's mom died a month ago, um, one of our pastors, and uh, just tragic things happening, and um, someone contacted me this week. I shouldn't say this, I'm going to cry. <laughs> someone contacted me this week and asked how Wendy was doing. And she was our first death in the church in May. And I said, she's doing awesome. <laughs> she's with Jesus. Um, so we've been, we've been through a lot as a church over the past year. And God said, renewal is coming. Renewal. And that means your relationships are going to be renewed. That means we're going to have renewed vision for this church. That means that your relationship with God is going to be renewed. Renewal in all aspects, he said. We're going to have that in this next season in Trinity Life Church. But we can't have that if we don't operate in urgency. It has to come out of that. One of the ways we're doing renewal, one of the ways we're, we're kind of trying to live out in this is through renewing covenant membership. And... So we're going to do that today in our response time. And this is what the table is up here for. 
And covenant membership for us has been there since the beginning of our church. We just haven't done it well. Uh, we haven't done membership well. We haven't done our you know, core group well. Uh, but I know that in this next season of renewal, we need to renew this and we need to do it well. Uh, we need to dream together. We need to vision together. We need to pray together. We need to hear God together. We need to live out the one another's together. And so co what all covenant membership is, if, if you're not a covenant member, um, which most of you aren't, and if you are, if you, this is the first time you've heard of something like that, is it's just saying, it's just the group, a group of people at Trinity Life has said, yes, I have done those two things. I've committed to Jesus in that vertical relationship, and I've committed to this church and the mission and vision and DNA of this church, and I'm committed to making this happen in our city. So the covenant, those who have become covenant members have said that. And we said that together, we're going to do this together to bring renewal to our church and to our city. Um, so that's, that's the beauty of working as a team, right? And out of this, what we haven't done well in covenant membership is, is meet together. I don't know if we've ever met together. Um, that'll change. We're going to start doing regular meetings together where we can dream together and vision together and do all those things together um, and hear God together and push forward together uh, for the sake of our church. This is not a one-man show. If this is all dependent on me, we're going to fail. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strike out every now and then more times than not. And this is about us doing it together. So for those of you guys who aren't covenant members, as we celebrate it in our response time, just observe. Observe what it's about. Observe what, what we're doing. And, and then we'll have, and those of you who are covenant members, we get to celebrate this together. And, and then in the fall, we'll have an opportunity for, to go through builder's orientation again, to renew, to bring in more covenant members, because we want to do this together. So don't look at this, if you're not a covenant member, as you're second tier or you're on the outside. Um, maybe you're just sitting on the bench right now. Um, and maybe you need to say, I want to join the game. I want to come into the game. And if that's the case, all you have to do is tell us. Um, and we'll start, we'll start that process with you. But we're going to do a little, something a little different in our response time. So let me just pray and bless this time. And then we'll go into that. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that sometimes you have to tear some things down in us in order to build some things up in us. And I pray that this morning that whatever you tore out of us, that you just replace that with building up. And that's in your word. And I trust that that's going to be true. So we ask you to do that right now, this morning. Build up your body, Lord Jesus. This is your body. Build up your body for your sake in this city and show us how to live out and up in and out. We ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon. Thank you.